Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Snake Oil Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. This is your host Jim Ventura. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, I'm actually I was actually online uh, working and I realized like there was like two seconds to my show starting, so it was a, l- a little bit of a mad scramble, but uh, apparently I made it. So anyway, uh, again, thanks for joining me today. Uh, if you're uh, if it's your first time um, tuning in to the show, uh, a little bit about me, a little bit about the show, real quick, and then we'll kind of dive in. Uh, we do the show, uh, for the most part, every Thursday, usually at 3.30 um, Mountain Standard Time. And uh, the, the show is called Snake Oil, of course. In fact, usually the first show of each month is when I read my monthly column on air, and then uh, well, I'll talk a little bit about the subject and open up the uh, phone lines uh, about 20 minutes into the show if anyone wants to talk or comment on... Um, what we're talking about today and uh, this uh, for the monthly column. Uh, if you're not already getting my uh, monthly newsletter, you can uh, reach me at uh, VenturaSage at Yahoo.com or at VenturaWords at Mac.com, and you'll be able to be added to the uh, monthly mailing list and be able to read the columns when they come, sort of get to read the books and things that I do before they're actually published, because that's really what the column is about, uh, I'm actually in the process of publishing Snake Oil Volume 1, and it's a collection of uh, my first uh, four or five years of monthly columns. Uh, again, I'm Jim Ventura, and I am a professional astrologer, and uh, numerology, and tarot, and animal cards, all kinds of different oracles, and things that I've worked with for many, many, many years, and I do do private sessions with people here in my home office uh, through consultation, and also by phone. So if you're interested in any of that, you can check that info out at my website. All that is in, that all that info is right on the site here, by the way, too. Anyway, so uh, I'm going to dive right in here and uh, read my current monthly column. And uh, I, I mentioned to anybody who is uh, who gets my already getting the newsletter, my monthly column, uh, in my editorial, Afterwards, I had mentioned that I was proud of this particular column. Um, you know, some years back, I wrote a Christmas column called Tinfoil Over the Baby Jesus. And uh, it was a very, very popular piece. I had it printed in a few magazines as well, too. That, you know, people were interested in that column. A little bit tongue-in-cheek about the holidays uh, from a child's perspective and spirituality. Um, so, again, a little proud of myself with this particular column because uh, I seem to have a knack for things relating to childhood stories for some reason. And uh, so anyway, I'm gonna, let me read the column. So uh, if you are haven't already caught it, you'll be able to hear what we're talking about here. And then I'm going to kind of dive in and begin to talk a little bit about the subject of the holidays and a few other connective points. And um, again, at that point, I will open up the phone lines and I would welcome everybody to... You know, to tell me about your your holidays, your your Christmas. Uh, you know, wh- whether it was good, whether it was bad, what you got out of it. You know, let's talk a little bit about that today. So anyway, this particular uh, column is called "Christmas Gifts in the Attic," and it is uh, my December 2011 snake oil. The magical window of my childhood belief in Santa Claus was only a brief one, even as far back as five years old. I remember wondering how it was possible 
for all of the department stores and malls to have Santa Claus at their specific location at the very same time. I couldn't imagine how one man, even if he had an army of supposed helper elves, could possibly deliver presents to children all over the world in one night. I also noticed how my wealthier friends often got more expensive gifts than our family did. Why did the poor kids end up with nothing at all? Was Santa only catering to the wealthy? Santa was supposed to come down your chimney and leave you your Christmas gifts. We had no fireplace in our house at all, yet we still got presents. Even even if we did have a chimney, how could such a lard-ass fit down one in the first place? These and similar thoughts started extremely early for me, and I wondered why other kids bought all of this malarkey. The observation that nailed the door closed on idealistic fantasies about Santa Claus and solidified my realist, cynic approach to Christmas was because my parents were not very good at hiding our presents. I would often see many of our gifts unwrapped at the bottom of Mom's closet or in the attic. I also saw Easter candy long before the bunny arrived, so that illusion was blown early as well. When I was five or six years old, I remember being awoken on Christmas Eve by the sound of the attic stairs opening. My father built the pull-down stairs to our attic facing the bedroom my brother and I shared. He had to open the door to our room to get up into the attic. I clearly heard my mother and father's clumsy attempts at putting our presents out most years. They were often punctuated by their usual irritation with each other. Frank, don't forget the ones for Kathy. Hurry it up. I want to get to bed already. What are you trying to do, break my arms? Wait for me to put these down first. I would have been have to have been a complete imbecile to still buy the magic fat man story after all of these theatrics. Many of my dopey friends still believed in Santa Claus. Apparently they were not blessed with the mind of a detective and happily enjoyed their delusions. I found myself feeling it was my duty to burst their bubbles early on. When I told them the truth, they would often disagree at first and be mad at me. Eventually they'd realize I was right. Still, I often reminded them that it would be wise to play wrong with the charade. The benefits of pretending to believe in all of this Christmas crapola were numerous. A good, sweet, oblivious child performance could bring tremendous rewards. I had no issue with pretending to be a dumb, naive little kid for adults, and I made sure my friends were smart enough to do the very same thing. Well, my parents didn't do an ideal job of giving us the illusions of Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny when it came to the holidays. They did a great job in other ways. While a lot of the presents Mom, Santa, bought us were mediocre, lame stuff from church bazaars and clearance sales, not what we really wanted, she put in some real effort. She had seven children, and there was a lot of presents to buy. She always got us at least one or two things that were on our Christmas list. Opening our presents on Christmas morning was always really fun. Even when I knew what half of the gifts already were because I had saw them or snooped around. I always enjoyed the process of opening the presents just the same. The excitement of opening gifts was really fun, and my parents made a point to make sure we had the experience. We had some wonderful Christmas traditions we always followed. For many years, we got a real tree, until I was about 17 when they opted for a fake one. We baked cookies and decorated the house, and some years we made gingerbread houses. We decorated our tree together weeks before actual Christmas, We sometimes made Christmas ornaments and even strung popcorn. We hung lights outside, listened to Christmas albums, 
watched Christmas specials like Mr. Magoo's Christmas and A Year Without a Santa Claus and A Christmas Story. We did Christmas up in a big way every year. There are still boxes of Christmas pictures and hundreds of great memories and funny stories associated with all of them. December was a really cold time in New York, but we had warm traditions in our home. While I missed out on believing in Santa Claus and many of the other holiday illusions, I got to experience elements of family and holidays that really mattered. The cohesiveness of a family and celebrated traditions were priceless. We learned about giving and receiving and developed a healthy sense of the importance of all of it. When I was a kid and even into my teen years, I would often get up in the middle of the night and look at the presents under the tree. The Christmas Eve gifts we bought for each other were often wrapped and left out weeks before. Some nights I would clear a space and lay underneath the tree for an hour or so. I would turn on the lights on the tree and feel the soft white sheet we placed underneath it. The smell of the tree, the twinkle of the lights, and the excitement of things to come were only a part of why I loved doing this. Some wiser aspect of me knew I would only be a child for a short time, and I wanted to fully allow myself to feel every moment of it. I was safe and loved in a family, and I knew I was blessed. I sensed that I had had other lives in different families, times and places that were not as wonderful when it came to the experiences in this family. I also knew that there were people all over the world that did not get to experience many of the things I was blessed to have. I had friends who would have killed for what I had. So I savored those moments underneath the colorful lights of our Christmas tree. I allowed myself to be happy, and I completely immersed myself into childhood and the magic of Christmas. So much for silly Santa stories and fairy tales. The real thing was so much better. Okay, so there we go. That is my show. Uh, that is my, that's my show. A show still going. That's my column for Christmas. And uh, again, uh, as a writer, I guess I, I kind of enjoy uh, that element of uh, sometimes starting off on a negative and ending on a positive. So, talk a little bit more about this. I want to uh, welcome everybody to the show. If you're if you're just tuning in. Um, if you if you missed the live read of the um, of the monthly column, uh, you can go to uh, blogger. You know you can go to go, go to my uh, go to my website. You'll find the the, the link, and you can go to um, uh, Gmail and the blogger my blogger site for snake oil, and read my uh, column and, and some of the past columns at any time. By the way, and again, if you're not already getting it, you know e- email me, and uh, I'll add you to the mailing list. It doesn't cost anything. And uh, that way you can do that. So welcome everybody listening live. And uh, we got uh, some people jumping in the chat room here. Welcome, Ashley. Always good to see you. Um, you're becoming a recognizable name to me. See, that's that's nice. So happy uh, holidays to you, Ashley. And also happy holidays to everybody listening. It is the uh, magical time of December and Christmas. So I want to talk a bit about uh, some some holiday elements and aspects of things that are going on, and um, I am going to put the phone number up if anybody uh, wants to call in, and I'd love to hear, you know, anyone's thoughts on the holidays and what it means to them, and, and maybe even, you know, if you want to share a childhood story or anything else like that, I absolutely would love to hear it. You also can wel- you're welcome to type anything into the uh, chat room as well too if you've got questions and things that we uh, can talk about. 
I'm, I'm drinking coffee, so if you're catching me pausing a, a little bit, I'm not um, spazzing out or anything. It's more that I'm, I'm taking a sip of hot coffee. So uh, anyway, uh, again, so welcome, everybody. And again, I'll, in a little bit, I'll, I'll put that phone number up and, uh, and and begin to take some of your some of your calls or your comments. So anyway, uh, this is a this is actually the third of uh, holiday columns I've written uh, since I started writing it in 2003, um, and uh, you know I I, I, I like it. I'm, I'm proud of this. Uh, I originally wrote tinfoil over the baby Jesus. Um, if you can get my column, of course, you, you, for years you've probably caught that one. Even if you go back to the archives of the show, if you don't, uh, if you've never heard the, the column and you want to check it out, you'll. I think there's a. Uh, I know. In fact, I know it. There was a uh, tinfoil over the baby Jesus show. I think I did two years ago that I, I know a lot of people had listened to. So you can check it out that way also. So uh, and I also did another piece. That was really much a lot about family. Uh, certainly, a softer piece that I had done some years ago, uh, called "Perfect Family, Perfect Holidays," and uh, that was a, a fun piece to write as well. So this is my new addition to uh, my column writing, and uh, you know it's funny because it, it, it is a it's a little bit of a wise ass piece, of course, and it's really truly honest. I never really bought the Santa Claus illusion. I mean, I guess I might have bought it when I was like two. Or, or really, really young before I really began to, you know, develop analytical thought. Um, but I really early on, I kind of lost that magic because of my uh, tendency to have kind of a, somewhat of a detective mind, um, which of course I end up using that to to learn how to read oracles and to work with people and, and to read people. So it came in handy later on. But as a kid, I guess it was a little bit of a cynical uh, approach to things because I just could not buy. So many of these things I was being told. In fact, in reality, I think that it also kind of contributed to my making a decision that that religion wasn't really necessarily right for me, and my decision to begin to pursue uh, a spirituality path and to learn oracles and various other things along the way, because the same kind of dynamic went on for me. It, it, a lot of it just didn't register and make total sense to me. Uh, and I, I couldn't wrap myself around it, that, that it, it didn't piece together in my mind in a way that made sense to me. And, and as always, this is no attack on anybody who is, is uh, religious in any way. You know, many people that are religious are also quite spiritual. So they're not, they, they, there's also many people that are religious that are not very spiritual. <laughs> and there's also many spiritual people that are, you know, a little bit... Um, Maybe not as uh, as uh, organic as they'd like to say that they are. So anyway, I don't want to I don't want to generalize because that's absolutely not true. Again, you know, people uh, have different levels of spiritual development uh, in, in different ways. But it definitely did contribute. This this awareness and this perception contributed to that as well too. But what was most important to me, and I think that this is uh, really something that is is very very significant, is that. It wasn't even so much the presence and the um, what we got and, uh, you know, the birth of Jesus and, and any of the other things that it was supposed to be. What it was was it was an opportunity in many ways, again, that my parents had used to teach us about the, the value of giving and receiving. We were um, required to have to buy each other. Now, remember, this is a family with seven kids. Um, anyone else from a, a large family or a small family, uh, feel free to comment <laughs> about this as well, too. But my parents kind of made us 
have to give each other a Christmas gift every year. So you had to buy, uh, in our family, you had to buy at least um, eight presents, one for mom, one for dad, and one for your six siblings. So when you were a small kid, even if it was a chocolate bar or something small, you still did it. So, But it was good because it kind of got us into that habit of, of, of the giving and receiving ratio and understanding you know, the, the joy of giving. In fact, even to this day, I always say, I, I think I like to give gifts more than I like to get them uh, because it, it's exciting to really see if a gift matched for someone and that they appreciated what you put into it. Like, I enjoy that a lot. So uh, that was one of the things that my parents taught us. They taught us by giving and receiving this way. And the other thing, it was, you know, as kooky and corny as all those holiday traditions are, um, you know, like my mom used to always have, like, Johnny Mathis Christmas album playing in the background. <laughs> and I still – it's funny how much you – Anyone who's who's getting older would understand this too. How you often hate things when you're younger, and then when you get older, they're nostalgic and you like them. Like my mom used to always play like a, the stylistics, and uh, you know it was like, oh, the freaking stylistics again. And now every time I hear that, it's like totally awesome <laughs> and, and like warm to hear those things again. Even when I hear Johnny Mathis, the same thing happens. As a kid, I was like, oh, mom's playing the Johnny Mathis album again. You will kill me. But now uh, I just love it. It's just an awesome sound, you know, and again, it's nostalgic. But what they had focused on, of course, was, was these holiday traditions, and, and we did. We, we, were, we were really corny about it. We, we did. We made, we strung popcorn, and we, we celebrated Christmas in a big way. You know, we were half Italian, so, you know, uh, the, the Christmas Eve was the uh, lasagna dinner, and then we gave each other gifts on Christmas Eve. And then Christmas Day was uh, we opened the presents from quote-unquote Santa Claus, and then we had usually turkey or ham for dinner, and some of the relatives came over. And, you know, it, it really was a big to-do and a big process that, that really went on for the entire month, and uh, it, it was awesome. I mean, it, it really did. It was bonding as a family. And, you know, and the, the thing is, I think that, uh, you know, there's a beauty to having children in a home when it comes to holidays and Christmas and things like that. But also, you know, I always tell people, you know, even now, I'm in my 40s. Uh, in fact, my birthday was just a couple of days ago, and uh, I still celebrate Christmas. It's, it, it's with friends and, and, and other people that are extended family, and some of my family is here as well. So, um, they, you know, they, they really are, uh, you know, uh, they, they, I think it's a tradition of sharing with people and, and hanging out and, and eating and connecting. And I, I think all of it's really awesome. You know what I mean? It, as long as we don't get so caught up in, in what it has to be. I think that it, it's a, a beautiful tradition. And uh, it's one I follow, even though, again, I don't really necessarily align myself with a lot of the uh, Christian traditions. I think a lot of them are very good, and this, to me, is one of them. And like I had mentioned in the piece, what was most important to me was you know, those quiet times as a child of really recognizing what I had. And I was very blessed. Most people were, were really not as lucky as I was in the sense of having a mom and a dad who loved each other and uh, siblings where we were relatively, relatively harmonious. <laughs> I say relatively, relatively harmonious with each other. So they were really pleasant um, times for me. 
So uh, I'm going to talk a little bit more about this. Uh, I see we got a caller, so I'm going to I'm going to let uh, take a call right now. If you, uh, w- one of my primary focuses for the show is I want to talk a little bit about Christmas and the holidays and what this means to you and the good and bad behind it. You know, normally I um, I, I do uh, five minute mini readings, and I'll probably be able to squeeze one of those in uh, for today's show. Um, I'll be back next week. We will have more time to do. Uh, many quick uh, question readings, uh, but we'll, we'll we'll probably pull off one today, uh, time-wise. Otherwise, I want to stay uh, on on subject. Anyway, but uh, let me give that phone number out. Um, if you want to call in, it's six four six two hundred three nine six six. You might need to dial a one before that. Um, again, six four six two hundred three nine six six. If you want to call in, and I'll see how many people I can possibly get to today. Um, and uh, if you're if you're on the waiting docket, just hang, and, and we'll, we'll get to you if uh, we can. It's a 45 minute show, but we still got a almost a half hour, 25 minutes to go, so we're okay on time. All right, let's see if I can get my first caller here. Okay, 413, you are on Snake Oil Radio. Hello. Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? Who am I talking to today? I'm great. This is Ben. Ben? Yes. Um, uh, I'm just calling. Uh, I had a great Thanksgiving, and uh, the owl was delicious. And I was just wondering what, what your stance on the owls is. On owls? Yeah. Have you ever tried one? Their uh, their meat is very tasty, and they oh, can, really? Um, yeah, that's that, that's really interesting. Let me you can turn your head around in a 360-degree uh, angle and look at you backwards. Like, have you heard of the Illuminati? I have, right. The Illuminati can also turn their heads back around, and that's the connection between owls and the Illuminati. Right. Uh, 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 what What is the connection? Is that a question or is it something that you know? Um, Like, the Illuminati can turn their heads around and see you, like, no matter what. Like, they got eyes in the back of their head, their little owl Right. So, are you saying that you actually ate owl? Yeah, it's delicious. The meat? Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, typically, and this is, it's an interesting point that you're bringing up, and, and, and thank you for sharing it. Very, very interesting point, by the way. Uh, so, uh, you know, in, in, you know, typically, like if you if you study druid tradition, ingesting an animal is one way of it taking its power. You know what I mean? Of course, you don't have to ingest an animal to take its power, though. You know what I mean? There are other ways to to absorb up uh, the, the you know the power of an animal in that sense. But owl, you know, typically in like the Druid tradition means like it, it's kind of a symbol of like uh, the ability to turn a disadvantage into an advantage, because owls can hunt really. Um, uh, well at night because they because of that their their ability to see and hear and use that in their favor so um it kind of reminds us too as people that we can turn a disadvantage into an advantage as opposed to bemoaning the disadvantage but also it was also a harbinger of the idea that changes were coming in that sense so when when I, you know it, it's very interesting to make this call because just a couple of days ago someone a friend of mine had moved and she posted on facebook that she saw an owl when she moved in her backyard, and I, I moved I like an owl. The owl ninja. What's up? I'm I have more owl power than you will ever imagine. Yeah, um, and mean, that's really it, in in essence what it is, right? It's an ability to 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 take uh, the energy and the power of the animal in, and absolutely, uh, it can be a very very powerful thing to do. Just harness the owl power. When did you start doing this? Um, I was raised. 
as an owl man. Really? Mm-hmm. That's that's definitely unique. So that's a great example of a a unique experience in that sense. Yeah, I, I, I every time I see owls. In fact, um, I think I told the story once here. I was at a local casino, and I saw a tiny baby owl on the sidewalk. First, for me, I was fascinated that I saw a baby owl, and I got really, you know I got down on my knees, and I I didn't want to scare it or anything, but I just wanted to look at it and see it. Again, it was mesmerizing to see it. Of course, within a couple eat, of minutes. What's that? If you eat a baby owl, do you get uh, less power? I don't think that would be the case um, at all. I don't. I don't think so. I think. Um, uh, I, I think that you, you would still be getting the power of the animal uh, at, at one level or another. And, and you're right. It might sound. It might sound odd to people, but you know, in truth, you know, we pick and choose what we eat. You know, owl power. Absolutely. So that's great. Uh, thank you for sharing that. That's that's very cool. Right. Uh, yeah, Legion. What's that? Owls are Legion. Absolutely. I'm glad you called Forever. in with that. Don't thank forget. you, Ben. Appreciate it. Don't forget. Hey, i got to let you go. i got a couple more calls here, but thank you again for that information. Awesome. Let's go to the movies. All right. <laughs> Peace out. Okay, excellent. Yeah, it's very interesting information. You know, uh, thank you for sharing that um, that that uh, that information about owls. Uh, it's true. People have, have different traditions that they follow. I know. Um, I had eaten venison sausage once that someone had a hunter had made, and uh, I, I got to tell you, it it it. I didn't want to like it, and I did. It was so it was so fresh, and it, I guess they were from the Midwest, so it had pieces of cheese in it as well. And I love the idea that you know it was something that was caught and used that way. That to me is a lot more harmonious um, than than you know some of the other ways people use and work with meat. Okay, let me take another call here because we're getting a lot of people calling in here. Uh, hey, four one four, you are on Snake Oil Radio. How are you today? Hello. Owls are amazing. Oh. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Oh, is this Ben again? Am I on the air? Yeah. Did you did you call in from a different number? No. I just want oh. you to know that owls are amazing. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thanks again. They're like birds and they get the mice and I love owls. This is a happy owl guy. All right, peace, buddy. All right, let me see if I get... 203 you're on the air. Hello, how are you today? Oh, I just I just call, I just started listening. I listen to my phone, so I'm not sure what your topic is right now. We're talking about Christmas and the holidays and and what people do for Christmas traditions. Ah. What's your name? My name is Anne. I'm calling you from Connecticut. I don't have too many traditions anymore. I had them more when my daughter was young. Uh I You had them when you were young. Yeah, my daughter, yeah, not, not me, not me, myself, no. Uh, there was a lot of, had, uh, in my family, uh, my father was not big on Christmas. He had a sister who had died on Christmas, so he kind of was always kind of dark about Christmas. And then he was kind of sad. You know, that actually, that's an interesting point, because when I was about 13, uh, maybe 12 or 13, my grandmother, my mom's mother had passed around Christmas time, and the next year, uh, my mom was very depressed, and my little sister and I remember 
you know, we were kind of bummed because uh, we wanted to, you know, celebrate the holidays and all those things. And my mom was being very depressed about it. And uh, I, I understood it was tough for her to have lost her mother. But what I kind of had talked to her about was I, I had mentioned to her that I said, listen, we don't get that many Christmases as children. Right. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't want to be depressed at Christmas. I know you lost your right. mom. You know, but I don't want to be depressed. I'm a kid. I want to, you know what I mean? I want to, I want to eat candy and I want to have stuff my face and I want to have presents and I want to be miserable. So I actually drew a picture of my mother as the Grinch crushing, crushing a Christmas tree. Because I was an artist, I put her on the refrigerator. And it's funny. Yeah, because you would think she would have ripped it down, but she actually didn't. She kind of was mad, but then she laughed. She was enough of a ham to be happy that I went to the trouble to draw her that way. And all of my siblings were like, oh, my God, you're a psycho. You know, I'm like, but that's what I said. I'm like, listen, I don't want to – that's my one 13-year-old Christmas. You know what I mean? Let, let me have it. So but, uh, but, anyway. But, but what I used to do, I used to always have to go to other people's houses. You know, right, with my right. daughter. I'm a single parent. And um, so I would create something for her when she came back home. And what I created was Baby New Year. And right. Baby New Year would leave her presents and – but as she got older, she explained to me that she was terrorized by Baby New Year. She thought this was this giant thing, like a Macy's float coming down <laughs> right. the street. <laughs> but she liked right. it. She remembers Baby New Year. It probably so scared her. Do, yes. But but people, but she was looking for something, you know. She, there was something right. there. She got a present at home, you know, not just the grandparents or whatever. So there were home traditions, too. You know, yeah. It's a good idea, right. I think, to have the traditions. You know, it is. Yeah, they are, and I, and, you know, I don't think it's as, as much about the religious element as it is about, you know, spending time with family and 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 all of those that that warmth that can really come up and and come through, you know, the holidays in that sense. I think those are the things that are are, are more important. Um, so, what's your name? I didn't catch your name. My name is Anne, and I'm calling you from Connecticut. Okay, cool. Because I grew up on Long Island, by the way, also. So Connecticut Where is in Long a stone's Island? throw. Where? Where yeah, originally, I'm in Phoenix. Yeah, Where I in spent Lenthe that Island? What's that? Where in Lenthe Island did you grow up? I, I grew up in uh, Bethpage, Massapequa oh, okay. area. So I was oh. kind of in the middle of the island. Um, gotcha. my, I, a lot of times people still hear the New Yorker in me, I guess, even though I've been in Phoenix no, I grew for like up in 20 New York. years. I grew up in, so you can't hear it in me. I grew up in Manhattan and the Bronx. No, I can hear it. Just so you know, <laughs> but, you but I have okay, a finer ear for it. There you go. A much, you go. a much finer ear for it, right? You know that you 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 can catch it, and, and there's a similarity to 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 you know being in the east that way also. Um, well, uh, let me. You know what? Let me. I want to do something for for you, Anne, uh, just because you didn't ask. So I want to pull kind of a um, a holiday angel card for you. Okay. Oh, thank you. Is that all right? Thank. Yeah. yeah. Sure. So uh, I'm giving you a noise? Little, no, you're actually sounding pretty clear, so I think we're okay. Here's what comes up. This is what came out, that the angel card of, of release and surrender. Mm-hmm. So they're suggesting that there's something, a situation, something that you're holding on kind of tightly to in that sense, um, okay. and whether it's perception or situation. Um, and what the suggestion is is you actually want to kind of release and, and let go at some level. I'm kind of hearing that. You know, it's almost like your own spirit guides and your own higher self. They they want to maneuver you in in a, in, a, in a positive direction, in that sense. And you're, you're having a little difficulty going with that, 
in that sense at this point. So that's what I'm kind of hearing is it's okay to um, to release it and to trust. You know, I almost feel like that I'm hearing that you're a very self-contained person who always takes care of what you need to. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's your what is part of a pride in you that you're able to do that, but I'm getting is there's help that's going to come that is going to help things out, and that if you if you let go and allow it, it'll actually come. Does, does that make sense? Okay. Yes, that makes sense. It does. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm getting that you're very strong, and you 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 just don't get knocked down real easy. Mhm. Yeah, that's that part of Scorpio, man. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So you, but that, I'm getting that that if you if you kind of let go, there's another angle. That will will kind of come in, and I feel like because I keep they I keep saying I keep hearing that they want it. Your spirit wants to give you a gift now, and you, it's it, you deserve it. So just kind of okay. let go and, and let you you get maneuvered a little bit, and you'll understand what I mean. It'll feel like the the bricks coming off. Okay, that's good. Okay, thank you. Awesome, thank you for calling in, and you have an awesome holiday. <laughs> bye bye. Okay, let's see if I hung that up. Sometimes I'm spazzed with this. Okay, let me see if I can get this number in. Hello, 111, you're on uh, Snake Oil Radio. Are you there? Hello? Hello? Sometimes uh, I get these. On the oh, we are. Oh, hello, who, who are we talking to? Oh, uh, wait, we're talking to me, right? Yes. All right. What's All your right. name? I didn't know uh, Oh, I'm Kenneth from Phoenix. Oh, how you doing, Kenneth? Good. How are you? Good, good. You're, you're, talking you're about in Phoenix also. Just, All right, enjoying the uh, kind of it's kind of a little bit miserable out today, which is kind of nice actually. Yeah, anyway. too too cold for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were talking about uh, we were talking about Christmas traditions, right? Yes. Do you have any? Yeah, for. Uh, Oh, for me, what I do for Christmas most of the time is uh, I take my uh, pet owl out and we just hunt for mice outside in the forest. We, I live up in a close to a forest up by the mountains. Right. And you have a pet owl. Yeah, his name's Oscar. I got him cool. when I was like five. How? Uh, how? How long have you, uh, you so you had them for a long time? How long how long do owls live? I really haven't know. I just I just hope that he doesn't die on me soon. I he's lived for a good twenty years. So really, yeah, because I I don't know what their age spans are. That's kind of why I asked about that. Are you? I have to ask this because I'm, I'm sure my listeners are wondering this too. I took another call today from from a gentleman who was talking about owls. Is that? Do you know? Did you hear that? No, I didn't. I was just—I actually just joined. <laughs> this is this is pretty amazing, actually, because I don't—I've never talked about owls on um, in any capacity, and and I just had someone call and and tell me that he asked me if I'd ever eaten an owl. So now we're oh. talking about it from the. So th- that's that's really interesting. You, you got to talk about the uh, weird coincidence behind that. Um, and I, had, of course, I have not eaten an owl. I don't—I didn't even know that people did eat them. You know, um, I'm sure that's probably not high up in your priority department, though. No, I wouldn't need Oscar. Yeah, do you? Uh, absolutely not. Uh, well, that, that's an interesting tradition. Do you, do you know what I had talked about? Do you know what owls kind of mean, you know, in terms of what they, they represent? Uh, 
No, I actually never heard of that. Yeah, it's really cool. In the Druid tradition, they believe that the when you saw an owl, that it actually was kind of like a, a marker that your life was going to change somehow in kind of a positive way. It was considered actually like almost an omen that was sort of auspicious at some levels. And people who are owl people who see them or, or have feel some type of connection with owls often have um, uh, or a lot of wisdom and have the ability have a lot of wisdom and have the ability to be detached when necessary. Um, owls kind of represent detachment, but one of the main things that an owl will represent is the ability to turn a disadvantage into an advantage. Meaning, like for instance, that owls can are amazing hunters at night because of their exceptional hearing. So the fact that they can hunt as well during the day actually is more favorable for them um, to to hunt accordingly in, in, at night. And the other thing is, in the Druid tradition, they used to call twilight owl light. And it really actually meant that um, during that time, the, the wall between this world and the other world was thinner. So you could communicate with spirit that uh you know you can you can use your intuition more you can you can you know what i mean have more wisdom at that time if you if you tune in so i thought i'd give you that little bit of information so it's it, it, again it it it's definitely it sounds like a, a cool pet are you still there I think we got. I think you got hung up. Okay. So anyway, uh, thank you for for that information as as well. Uh, yeah, it looks like we got disconnected somehow. So uh, I, today's show seems to have gone into the direction of owls for some reason. <laughs> so uh, that is very interesting. I think I have one more call. And I'm going to see if I can tell you that. Thank you for for that information. That's an, a very cool, unique tradition to go hunting. You know, to go out and about with uh, hunting out and about with your owl. Let me see if I can get this call. Uh, one one one, are you there? Hello. 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 Uh, I have a question. Yes. Who is this? This is Jeff. All right. How are you? Um, I'm I'm doing just fine. But what did Al see? I have a baby Al, and I was breastfeeding her, and she bit my nipples, and my nipples are tender. Uh, you have a baby, a a, a baby, what? A baby Al. Uh huh. Ow. And it, 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 you were feeding it, and it bit your nipple. Yeah. Yeah. How were you feeding it? With with a bottle? No, he was trying to breastfeed it. He was trying to breastfeed it. Mm, Yes. And it was a man trying to breastfeed it. He thought it'd work. (laughs) Apparently, it didn't. Yeah, you got tender nipples. I think that, yeah. that, and that that'll probably give you an ability to be able to identify what, what women go through when they're nursing. So, babies, babies are like owls. They bite women's nipples. Uh, I, I guess they probably, I guess they probably do sometimes. Not really so, an area of expertise for me. So then, when do the babies or the owls? Throw their wings so they can fly off because, like, sometimes you you really don't need them. Right. Yeah. That I I I don't know. That that I that I don't know. Uh, that's the, my 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 expertise on owls goes as much as what they mean in terms of tradition. What they mean in so. tradition. I heard you earlier. What what else do owls? 
represent? Ever had what? Have you ever had an owl? No, I've seen owls, but I've never eaten an owl, and I've never had one as a pet. Uh, you know, but I've certainly seen owls from time to time. Have you ever held one? No, I haven't. But you've never experienced the majestic ability to hold one in your hand. No, no. It, it, it would definitely be something that would be appealing for for me to do. I, I, I'm definitely an animal lover. So, uh, in fact, I've I've often been told I've, I'm good at kind of taming wild animals. I, and I know how wild an owl is anyway, in that sense. Um, but uh, so you have an owl too? Yeah, it's a baby. Cool. So do you know how long they're? We were talking about this. Do you know how long an owl's lifespan is? No, I don't know at all. Yeah. So this the last gentleman said his was at least twenty. So I guess that's good to know that they have a decent span of a lifespan. Because I mean that's one of the things that's kind of a bummer about dogs and cats is they you know after fifteen years you know that's it. You know that could. Be. What's that? For an owl, would you fuck another owl? Would I? Would I do one? Yeah. No, probably wouldn't really be something that would would would, would appeal to me. But I guess they have to mate in their own way. Okay. So, would you fuck an owl right now? <laughs> no, I, I think I'm. I think I. I think that uh, uh, that wouldn't change now or later. So uh, thanks for your owl information, buddy. Peace out. All right, so now we we move from interesting to a little bit cuckoo bird, uh, literally, which I think is an appropriate way of putting it. Um, you know, I always kind of get a kick when – it doesn't happen very often when you sort of get someone who's kind of being a little bit antagonistic on air or attempting to be a wise-ass because uh, I'm from New York originally. Believe me, I can go toe-to-toe with that easy enough, but I, I think it's kind of a waste of time. In fact, I'm going to talk about this on, the, on my next show um, that uh, uh, I had someone, I posted something on Facebook the other day about Mercury being retrograde, which it is right now, which rules the way we think and communicate. And uh, and someone had written um, something along the lines of, yeah, I thought it was just a planet that was orbiting around the sun. It doesn't have any meaning. So I've been going into some like little kind of antagonistic uh, <laughs> conversation with uh, this this woman through Facebook about uh, the validity of astrology, since uh, she apparently uh, doesn't believe in it, so to speak, which always kind of cracks me up. Anyway, uh, because if you don't believe in it, then, then shut your mouth. It's meaningless. Anyway, so uh, I'll probably talk a little bit about that in the next show. So uh, I think we started off with some good owl information. Then, of course, we went into um, the, the silliness with someone being uh, being uh, childish and acting like a dope. So, uh, but anyway, I, I, I always appreciate the humor. Um, so I want to thank Anne for her call, and and uh, and I also want to thank everyone who who checked in today uh, to talk on the show. We didn't get to talk about that many uh, Christmas traditions. That's why I appreciate. Uh, Anne's uh, comments in from Connecticut about the time she spent with the daughter, and also the, the gentleman who talked about going uh, out with uh, with owls. I think it was interesting that the about the first two owl calls. From thinking that our last owl call was someone being a wise ass. So uh, happy holidays to you, wise ass guy, as well. You certainly entertained me for a minute or two. <laughs> anyway, uh, 
All right. So this was our Christmas show. Uh, again, if you uh, if you if you didn't catch the uh, the column at the beginning of the show, uh, go back over into the archive, or you can just go to um, uh, to uh, my my website and you can catch the link over to uh, to catch uh, my my column at, at blogger dot com uh, as well. And uh, if you're not already getting my monthly newsletter. Uh, email me at VenturaSage at uh, Yahoo.com or VenturaWords at Mac.com, and I'll add you to the mailing list so you can kind of get the newsletter um, in advance before we run the actual shows. So I'll be back here again next Thursday. We're winding down with uh, very little time left, so uh, I'll be back here again next Thursday, and we'll have a little bit more time in the next show to take some more um, question calls, and maybe we'll we'll expand a little bit on the Christmas subject because we got sidetracked a little with um, some good owl information and and then it kind of launched into a little bit of silly owl information I guess too <laughs> about the owl and the nipple God, alright, anyway uh, so wishing everybody a, a happy uh, holiday and uh, again we'll be here again next week and uh, if you're looking at uh, you know uh, personal sessions by, by phone or in, in person feel free to also uh, uh, check out my web and hit me that way and you can learn more about what I do on my website. Anyway, this is Jim Ventura and I thank everybody for tuning in to Snake Oil Radio. Uh, again, have a happy December and for all of you uh, owl lovers, uh, enjoy your owls and uh, we'll be signing off and, and catch up with you next time. Cheers. <laughs>